This is the You Could Be a Therapist podcast. I'm Sophie Kent. Welcome to season two of You Could Be a Therapist. Hi, I'm Sophie, and I'm so glad you tuned in to today's episode. I am a pre-licensed therapist working in private practice in the state of Florida. I specialize in working with individuals struggling with anxiety and OCD, and I started this podcast as a way to serve the next wave of counselors, the potential therapist. My two greatest hopes for this show are to demystify the process of becoming a therapist and to provide practical tools and resources for those interested in becoming a therapist themselves. I do this through Counselor Journey episodes where I'll interview a therapist about their personal journey entering the mental health profession, and solo episodes where I cover a topic relevant to starting the process of becoming a counselor, beginning grad school, and more. Today we have Vitor Sosa joining us to share his counselor journey. This means that we will get to hear Vitor share his experience of how he entered the counseling profession and where he is now. Vitor is the host of his own podcast titled The Student Counselor Podcast, where he shares his experience as a graduate counseling student to connect with and provide really valuable information to others. So thankful to have you join us today, and thank you for being willing to do an interview with someone you met over the internet. Oh, thank you, Sophie. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, before we dive into how you became interested in the profession of counseling, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and share a little bit about where you are now in your journey of becoming a counselor. Yes. Um, yeah. Wow. My journey of becoming a counselor. That's always an interesting one. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, well, so my name is Vitor and I am originally from Brazil. I was born and raised in Brazil. I moved to America when I was around 12 years old. Uh, with my whole family, my mom, my dad, and my older brother. And I actually never considered becoming a therapist growing up. I didn't even know what a therapist was, never went to therapy growing up as a kid and, you know, during my childhood in Brazil. Um, So that was all new to me and, you know, kind of understanding what that looks like later on in life during my adolescent years when I was trying to put the pieces together of everything that I had going on. But basically, my journey started when uh, my parents were getting a divorce when I was um, around my adolescent years. Let's just put it that (laughs) just put it that way. And I was just trying to make sense of it all. And at at times I was basically trying to put them together and and Mm -hmm. (laughs) make them make them work out and being the mediator and talking to my mom, talking to my dad. Hey, let's work something out. Like how, how is this, you know, are you sure this is what you guys want? Um, I noticed of course that wasn't good and that didn't work out. (laughs) They, (laughs) they, they got divorced and, um, I started to put the pieces together as like my personality. Why did I, why was I even so concerned about it? Why do I care so much about why people act and feel the way that they do and Mm. have the behaviors that they have? And that's when it was pointed out to me by my girlfriend at the time that, hey, maybe maybe you could be a therapist. <laughs> and uh, and I started thinking, you know what? I've actually always enjoyed talking to people. I've always enjoyed participating in conversations, you know, personal conversations and helping friends going, growing up, even like 
early age as a, as a child, you know, I really cared about that side of the world instead of just the fun and games conversation. Um, so I started analyzing my personality and trying to see like, can that, can I be a therapist? I went to a, a therapist for the first time in my life at that time. And I actually went to a career counseling therapist to, to see, it was actually a psychologist and I did a career counseling assessment to see, you know, what I could actually do and, you know, psychology and becoming a therapist was one of them. So here I am now. <laughs> so here you are. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There was so much good stuff and everything that you just said. Um, I love that you're, you talked about how your girlfriend at the time said you could be a therapist maybe. And yeah. that's so funny because the name of this podcast is you could be a therapist. So <laughs> that's such a fun little nugget for me. To yeah. see. Um, and talking about growing up in Brazil and not even knowing that being a therapist was an option until you were a little bit older. I'm wondering when you were a kid in Brazil, was there ever anything else that you thought you would do with your career, with your profession? Oh man, nothing related to this. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I forever thought I would be a soccer player. Uh, Brazil, we love soccer. It's mm. it, it's in our blood. It's our most watched sport, and we love watching soccer as a nation. I say most of the population. That's like our number one sport. And I grew up playing soccer. I've always wanted to become a soccer player. I think I even wanted to become a soccer player even later on. Like I really didn't know what I wanted to be you know like when I moved here like I played soccer in high school and like that's all I knew and I of course that wasn't for me and then they required a lot more work and dedication and support than I had and mm -hmm. I'm glad I found something else but I, I think I that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah so super different from counseling oh but yeah you talked about how you had this really big epiphany moment where your parents were getting a divorce. And I actually heard you talk about that in one of the episodes of your podcast that I listened to. And yeah. what really stuck out to me is that you said, what made me want to pursue psychology was my parents' divorce. Yeah. And you talk about how you put yourself in the middle, you wanted to, in, in your words, save your family. And now you've come to a place where you've accepted that divorce was best for your family. But how did that time really awaken that desire to help people in their relationships? Great question. Yeah, I mean, at the at that time, it was just more like I wanted to. I was so deeply invested as to like why do why do people act this way? Why do they feel this way? Why are they the way that they are? And I was just so invested into that, you know, with my parents, and started having my own um, personal, um, I guess not challenges, but I started to, to think about like, why do I act this way? Why do I want to do things the way I do in my life? And I think that's perfectly uh, correlated with, you know, uh, the, the theory of like adolescent wanting to figure out their identity now that I know mm -hmm. about this stuff, you know? And yeah, I think it, it started there is, instead of me like wanting to go and help people, but then once I understood that, oh, man, I'm questioning this stuff too much, hmm. I started to understand that all my life, throughout all different parts of my life, when I was younger, when I moved here, I've always cared so much about people, cared about my friends and have went, always wanted to help people the ways that other other friends maybe weren't doing. Uh, I've always the 
put more time into friendships, I think, uh, than many people were doing, I guess. I don't know. I think that's that's where the passion came from. It sounds like it really started for you as a journey of self-discovery, really yeah. understanding why you thought this way, why you cared so much, and that led you to maybe realize that you had some natural skills in this area. Yeah, I think so too. And, and that's actually what I talk about to people when they ask me, why did you become a therapist, right? Thinking through my own journey of self-development and self-discovery, I found that I found out that my personality was in line with that, right? And again, I did the career assessment that came up with a bunch of different helping profession, including becoming a therapist. And I figured, you know what, my my girlfriend at the time, who is now my fiance, we've been together since high school. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she pointed it out. I did the assessment. It kind of all clicked. And then, you know, the book too that I read, who was from a psychologist. It just kind of all came together, even though at the time I didn't know what a therapist was. I thought I just needed to become a psychologist. That's what I had in mind. Like I need to become a psychologist. Like that's what I want to do, even though I was like, man, that's a lot of, you know, man, that's many years of school and mm -hmm. uh, to become a psychologist. But I was focused and determined to change my life around, you know, from someone that really didn't do too good in school to like, you know what, I'm going to pursue this because I had found my calling. I had found my, my passion. So what was the feedback you got on that career assessment that made you feel so confident moving into pursuing becoming a therapist? Yes. Great question. Well, uh, of course, psychology was one of them. Uh, mm -hmm. Social work. I've had lawyers. Uh, lawyer was one of the options. It was all related to helping people, right? Uh, I think those are the three that I can remember now, but I remember going into this assessment already telling the psychologist that like, Hey, I want to become a psychologist, but I want to make sure like my skills and my personality like kind of matches. And I want to see if you can give me other options. So like when I got to the, when I got to the results, seeing that come to life and actually him just saying, yeah, Hey, you know what? You do seem to care a lot about people and helping people and psychology was one of them. So so affirming to hear from a professional yeah it was affirming and also scary because i was like oh man now i gotta start this <laughs> you know yeah um, it's like the kickoff <laughs> yeah like i guess i have to go back home now and start to you know start looking at schools and understand what path i want to take and again at the time i had no idea um i thought i needed to become a psychologist i didn't even know about the all these different master level, um, you know, positions that, I mean, titles that we have these days in these programs, like clinical mental health counseling, marriage and family therapy. And I guess that's something that's a little bit different in Brazil. So that person, mm -hmm. that psychologist couldn't tell me that neither. Um, so I came back thinking, all right, I'm going to become a psychologist. What does that look like? I don't know, but let's start. <laughs> and, and I did. And throughout the years, of course, I found out and learned so much more about the different options and ultimately decided to pursue my clinical mental health counseling degree. So 
Yeah, I think that's a little bit common in some, um, you know, Latin America or Hispanic cultures is that the psychologist is kind of what people talk about. Um, my family's Hispanic, and I interviewed a guest in season one, Lena, who was actually in my cohort in grad school that was from Colombia. I heard um, her episode. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yes, yeah. And she talks about a very similar thing, that there aren't all these different distinctions in Colombia for her, and it sounds like Brazil for you. And that the states is really has all these different like levels and tiers and certifications. And unless you really give effort to understanding it, it can feel a little bit overwhelming. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and now that I think about it, like it probably wasn't the best option to, to see a professional back in my country at the time. Because, again, he couldn't he could help me and tell me, hey, yeah, you have the personality for it. But I guess he couldn't really put me on the right path or at least help me get started. So it kind of just ended there and, of course, had to come back home. Um, but, yeah, I, I think probably I would have done it differently, but it still gave me that encouragement that I needed to really understand who I was and what I could do. And, and it, it definitely got it, you know, got me to a point that I felt comfortable doing the search and doing the research of my own on my own time so of course yeah it seems like in your story it's this essential step that you had to take to really feel secure about moving forward in that path yes i i definitely wanted some reassurance i i think there was just too many things happening in my life my parents splitting up and at the time in the beginning it was hard now again i think they're all they both respect each other and i personally think it was for the best uh, but at the time, it was just a lot of transitional things happening in my life and graduating high school was hard already for me. And I knew I, if I wanted to go to school and wanted to become a psychologist at the time, it was going to I had to change who I was. I had to change the way I viewed school and mm. I had to just completely change my personality as well in order to become this person that I wanted to become. So the reassurance was definitely very positive. Yeah, that reassurance that you have the building blocks to do this and just with a few modifications or with learning and with, you know, extra effort with schooling and things like that, that you really could achieve this dream that you had. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It definitely helped. What was it like for you as you began to pursue this new path? Like you came back to the States and you started your program. What was that like for you? I started... I did my AA, finished my AA. I only took a few psych, you know, psych classes there. Um, when I actually tra transitioned from college to a, a university here in South Florida, I went to Florida Atlantic University in Boca. When I started my AA, that's when I really got more focused into psych. But similar to your story, listening to your to your podcast, there's nothing really clinical about it at all. Mm -hmm. um, it's really just here's the here's research here's all the theories here's everything about psychology but no, yeah. the clinical stuff was missing and i did a lot of episodes with different guests on my show as well and it looks like that's an accurate story all across the board you know throughout different programs throughout different schools across the country so but even learning that right learning just being involved and learning what we were learning in school even though it wasn't clinical I knew for a fact, like, this is it. Like, I love this. I love that I get to learn something that can also help me along the way. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that my career involves helping people, but it's also about helping myself and being a better person myself. So I love that. Yeah. And I, I always love asking this question. 
what were some green flags that you experienced in your bachelor's degree and your master's program, like personally, academically, just some green flags, affirmations, this is the right path for me? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think through my bachelor program, the green flags were like the certain topics that I really liked, like theories class, learning about different theories or personalities. I really enjoyed that. I really started like thinking about, oh man, which one am I, right? I think that's mm -hmm. natural for all <laughs> psych students. And you start thinking, oh man, my my family member definitely feels like this kind of uh, personality, you know, disorder yeah. or something. And you start just kind of analyzing everyone. I think it's very natural for us to do that. Uh, I, I think that really did give me that reassurance too. Like I definitely enjoy this, you know? Um, but after I came back, I actually went to therapy a couple of times in my life uh, with different therapists. And I think that too gave me the, the reassurance, just seeing what they did and how it helped me it really benefited me a lot. And I was like, wow, I, this is the career that I love. I, I, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to be on that other side of, of the table, right? I want to be the therapist. So there was a lot for you personally and professionally or academically that affirmed this was the right spot for you. You were really enjoying your classes and then in your personal work on yourself and therapy, you just kept feeling like, wow, like this is, this is really good for me. And I want to be this good helper to other people. Yeah, no, that, yeah, I, that's exactly, you know, how it happened for me. Just being in that environment, not only through school, of course, you know, the courses, I enjoyed it. The topics were exactly the kind of topics I would enjoy, but just going to therapy myself, I think that was, that was big. And even now, like, starting my master's, one of the first things I wanted to do was like, you know what, I want to start therapy again, more of like a, an ongoing therapy that through my master's program to, to have that experience as a, you know, as a therapy student to go to therapy myself again. So I think it's very important, right, for, for those that want to become a therapist to go to therapy themselves. What is that like? Do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy the questions that they're asking you or the way they're making you feel? I think that's a very valid thing to, to consider uh, if you want to become a therapist. I so appreciate your openness with sharing about you going to therapy. And several of the counselors I've interviewed on here have also been open that they have gone to therapy. I've gone to therapy at different different seasons where I needed extra support and I just think that it cannot be overstated how important it is for someone who wants to be a therapist to do their own inner work yeah it, it's just so important and you know you've talked about it a little bit already but I'm wondering you know what is your view on doing inner work before helping others how have you healed through therapy feeling okay to then go and help others Ah, oh, what a great question. I feel like I'm still healing, Sophie. <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? Aren't we all? I, I think right now the, the therapist I'm seeing now is probably the the most healing I've done through, mm. you know, throughout my whole life. Uh again, I went to therapy for career counseling when I needed therapy then to kick off my career. I went to therapy after that for personal relationship things I had going on. Um, and then when I started 
you know, my master's program, I, I was just seeing a solution-based therapist just to go and talk about my day-to-day struggles of being a student and having this busy life, working full-time, doing a podcast. Um, but then throughout learning, you know, so, you know, so much in my program about these different theories and modalities and techniques that we have in our programs, uh, in our careers, I stumbled upon EMDR and I was like, you know what? I think I can benefit from doing EMDR myself. And I was curious to how that actually worked. I wanted to learn more about it. So I'm actually seeing an EMDR therapist now and dealing with a lot of childhood trauma and (laughs) unresolved issues in my life. And I feel like I'm still healing, but like, it's such a good, it's such a good thing to heal as you're becoming a therapy, a therapist, right? You're, you're a therapist student now, and you're going to become a therapist I think it's so important for you to deal with all of that stuff, right? Not just go into therapy to talk about how much you hate your boss and and how much you hate your job. (laughs) I think it's so important for you to really dig deep and understand like why you are the way that you are, why the things affect you the way that they do. So yeah, I think my, my journey that, you know, going to therapy has really been uh, amazing throughout my life, but most importantly now seeing an EMDR therapist. That deep work is so, so important. And I think it's interesting that in the therapies that you've tried before, the different modalities or therapists that you went to, it was more, like you said, solution-focused, very day-to-day worries. And now in your master's program, you became curious about deeper stuff, Yeah, right? Wanting to deal with those more unresolved issues. And the healing you're experiencing now is just so much compared to what you felt before. Maybe there was some help managing day-to-day anxiety, but now when you're talking about it, it sounds like you're really finding freedom in the work that you're doing. Yeah, I really am. I really am. It's a lot. I mean, there's days it's really hard, you know, and studying full-time, working full-time, running a podcast. I'm getting married uh, later this year in Brazil. It just had such a busy life. And, you know, you throw in therapy in between more stuff for you to deal with. But like, it's, it's so rewarding at the end of the day, you're learning about yourself and you're understanding why you're, you act the way you do and why you're frustrated and why you snap on the Mm -hmm. person uh, maybe you shouldn't have. And Mm -hmm. I think it, it really, comes down to understanding who you are and the things that happen in your life so it's it's very important yeah and that self-understanding that comes through therapy you're right sessions where we might feel worse when we walk away than when you came in yeah um, because it's bringing up things that maybe we've avoided because it's too difficult or we've just suppressed the memories but doing that deep work now helps us manage our relationships later so that when we are therapists we have those skills because we've done that difficult work on ourselves. And then it also helps us recognize if we get triggered by clients because Mm. sometimes, you know, we'll have a client that's been through very similar things we've been through, or it might trigger a memory for us in a session, being able to regulate our emotions during that time so we can stay focused on our client is really, really important um, so that we don't impose anything on our clients, right? Yeah, no, so important. I think again, I my therapist has told me about this too. And during one of our 
harder sections that we had recently. And she's like, you're going to become a better, a better therapist for it. Right. For, mm -hmm. for this work that you're putting in, don't, don't doubt yourself. You're, this is going to make you great. This is going to make you a better therapist. So that's what I tell myself when I go in and I'm having those hard moments or those hard conversations, or like you said, when you walking away feeling like, Oh man, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking more about my life now than maybe I should have, but yeah. it's, it's a good thing. Right. And it's going to make you a better therapist for it for sure. Yeah, and just really so appreciate your openness to talk about this. Um, I know it can be difficult, and we're just meeting each other over the internet right now, so I just can't appreciate you enough for being willing to be open about that. Oh, it is my pleasure. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the best things that this field has given me is just to be open and just be vulnerable. I don't think that's who I was 10 years ago if I was meeting Sophie for a coffee break right now. <laughs> um but yeah, I think that this field has really shown me how important it is to be open and be vulnerable with yourself and with others to build deeper connections. So when you're not listening to new episodes of You Could Be a Therapist, stay connected with us at Potential Therapist on Instagram for bite-sized videos and other fun content. Come say hi. I'd love to know you're listening. If you're enjoying the episode, please leave a review. Let's return to what we're talking about today. Yes, definitely. Um, and I want to ask you about the podcast that you've been doing because you, you talked about how that's one of the major ways you've been able to connect with people in the field. I looked back at your podcast and I saw your first couple episodes that you really started it in 2021 when you started grad school. Can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to start the podcast? Yes. Well, I go to an online, I do an online program now. So it's fully online. Uh, we do have classes over video. So I am, I am interacting with my uh, cohort and professors. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the end of the day, I feel like I am not as connected to this field as I want to be. I want to have I want to have more conversations with other therapists that are not just in my program, right? I want to yeah. know more about what it is to be working in this field, and I want to connect with other students that are in this field. So I actually started looking for a podcast myself, or a podcast that's more, you know, focused in the experience of a student in a program like mine, clinical mental health counseling, or anything similar in a master level degree. And I just couldn't find many, uh, mm -hmm. at least during that time. So I figured, you know what? I'm just going to start my own. <laughs> and and that's what I did. I, I figured I would start the podcast to start connecting with people. Uh, that's just kind of how I am as a person. I, I think of an idea. I just kind of go for it. Um, I even self-published a book a few years ago because mm. I've, I, I love to just do things out of my own will. And if it if it's one of those thoughts that are constantly coming back to my mind, I know it's like a sign for me to do it. And that's exactly what this podcast uh, was for me. I just started thinking about it. And the more I thought about it, I was like, I have to do it. So then I went and bought a microphone and that was it. And I started recording. <laughs> what an amazing attitude to, to create your own community when you weren't able to find what you were looking for. You just went ahead and said, well, I, I have the power to create this. So let me just go and try it. Yeah. And I've definitely been able to connect with not only licensed professionals on the field, but other students throughout different levels of their, you know, 
uh, programs or some of them that are still in undergrad and still trying to figure it out if they want to become a therapist or, or they know they are, they want to become a therapist and they're applying to school to, you know, to their master programs the next semester, or as soon as they graduate and they start looking and they find me online on Instagram where they find my podcast and they connect with me. So I've definitely been able to connect the way I wanted and have the conversations that I wanted. People reach out to me for questions or suggestions or just connect with me on like homeworks that they're doing, things like that. Um, so, yeah, I definitely loved that I did that because it, it gave me what I was looking for. So, yeah, so amazing. Um, one of the things that I heard in you say in your podcast as I was listening to a few episodes was about some of the breaks that you've taken in your program. Um, you mentioned that you're getting married in the fall. Congratulations in advance. Very Thank exciting. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about the breaks you've taken throughout your program and what it was like for you to like accept the break, lean into embracing what you need and, and going for what you need? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And I love that you're asking that because I think I've been talking about it so much uh, on my show because I really believe that students should really consider taking more breaks or mm. not being so harsh on themselves throughout this process. Um, I, and I say this because it's, it's uh, my school is flexible, right? It does allow me mm -hmm. to take classes as fast as I want, how many classes I want. It does allow me to choose when I want to start practicum and things like that. So I, I understand that not all schools or not all programs offer that. But I think for students that have that flexibility, they should really consider it. It has extremely helped me in my own mental health. Um, I started the program at full speed. I was taking as many classes as I could. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was excited, right? I was starting a master's. Uh, I took a year off after my bachelor's, a little bit more than a year off uh, to work and make money, start to act, you know, start actually getting ready to get married. So when I started my master's program, I was super excited and took as many classes as I want. My program is is basically uh, in a semester. We have two uh, two terms, two eight week mm -hmm. terms. And in those eight week terms, you can take as many classes as you can. I was taking two at a time. So essentially four classes total per mm -hmm. semester. Uh, and it was fine. I was able to deal with it in the first two or three semesters. But then I started noticing it's like, man, I just don't have time for anything else. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep up with my wedding stuff. I'm trying to have a personal and social life that I definitely enjoy. And I, I think it's important. And, and I'm trying to also do this podcast. And I have a job. I work full time. Like it was just too much. And I was able to realize that and then just kind of put a stop to it, right? And a couple of ways that I did that was one, by taking less classes, but also by not rushing my practicum. A lot of, you know, people start practicum in their second or third semester while in school, and then they do it in between other classes. For me, I was like, you know what? I am going to take all my classes first, and then I'm going to start practicum. So that's what I did. So I'm, I'm almost finished with my classes now. Soon enough, I'll be able to start practicum. But uh, yeah, I really started looking deeper into like how this was affecting me and how just being a full-time student along with being a full-time person <laughs> and all the other yeah. things I was doing, how it was affecting me. So I was very flexible with myself and gave myself some breaks. Yeah. So it was really an act of self-care for you to take those breaks when you needed them. 
And yeah. I can't imagine being a full time being employed full time and you were essentially taking a full time course load. Wow. <laughs> Just yeah. hearing that, uh, because I, I took full time course load and I worked part time during my school and I can't imagine working full time and doing that must have been so difficult. So really applaud you for that self care, being able to recognize that you needed to slow down and actually take action on that. Yeah. Yeah. I am glad too. And it took some time, but once I realized I took a full semester off, we were traveling to Brazil to take care of our wedding stuff and also for some vacation. Uh, this fall, I'm actually not taking classes again because it is my wedding and I mm -hmm. just want to enjoy that and go on my honeymoon and not have to worry about either the classes that came before or the classes that come after. So I'm yeah. taking another break and I just been okay with that. I, I don't care how long it takes for me to do it. For me, the goal is to finish it at one point at my own speed. And if my school is able to give me that flexibility, I should take it. So. Yeah, that's amazing. And I did a very similar path with my schooling. I wanted to finish all of my courses before I did my practicum because I knew I wanted to also work during my practicum. Practicum and internships are unpaid. And yeah. so I really, I didn't want to basically do what you have been doing, which is amazing that you've been doing this, working and schooling and writing papers and seeing clients all at the same time. And that, that path also really worked for me to just yeah. complete all my coursework and then move into my practicum. And I felt like I was able to be very present for my clients and the in practicum learning that was happening. Because as soon as you are actually, you know, kind of released and you have your own clients and you're getting supervised, it's a whole different ball game than just the reading our textbooks, right? There's a lot of on the job yeah. learning that happens too. Oh, yeah. But at one point, I wanted to take practicum now in the summer and then take the fall semester off to then do internship one and two next year. And I was like, man, I don't like this break in between practicum and internship neither. Mm -hmm. I want to have this continuous experience with clients, right? Like, I don't want to put a, a break right in between when I'm actually diving into that client work. And again, like you said, it's different than opening up a textbook and writing a paper. You're really learning about people and what it is to what it means to be a therapist. And I decided that, you know what, if it means that I have to wait and postpone practical for another year so I can do it all continuously, then so be it. So that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. And doing what works for you is so important and it's it's a thing that i think not everybody learns um sometimes we can be very hindered by shame or worries about what other people might think or just this idea of should like we should be done or doing something or timelines that we've imposed on ourselves and just very freeing when we're able to let go of those things and truly do what's best for us yeah i completely agree i completely agree so my last question for you today, thank you so much for being here, by the way. Um, <laughs> my pleasure. My last, my last question is, what would you say to someone who is interested in entering this profession, um, but maybe who's not sure about it? Ah, oh, that's so good because I felt like that was me when I when I started, right? Mm -hmm. I, I was suggested, you know, as like, hey, maybe you should look into it, but I – I wasn't sure if I was ready for that. So it's definitely a, something that I've uh, had to go through myself. So I think just digging deeper into who you are and your personality, right? Uh, a career assessment is always a good start. I'm very grateful that I did that. Uh, and it 
kind of just all made sense and it felt like, hey, you know what? I feel more confident now to start that journey. But I think the other thing I would say, as we you know talked about here, is really to just go to therapy yourself, right? If you've never been to therapy your whole life, then maybe this is a good time. If you're considering becoming a therapist, this is probably a good time. Just go see someone, see someone that you like. I think going to therapist therapy too is not only about just going and finding the closest person to you. It's really about finding someone you connect with that you feel comfortable with and you want to do the work with, right? So once yeah, you do absolutely. that, once you find that person, I think you really are able to understand if you want to be that person, right? If you share similarities with your therapist or you connect with their way of thinking, maybe you're going to see yourself on that other seat, right? So I think that really does help. I love that so much. Yes, go to therapy is the resounding <laughs> advice. And thank you so much, Vitor, for being here today and for being willing to spend your time with us. And I just wish you all the best and with your wedding and finishing your program. And I'm just so happy that we got to meet. Oh, so happy I got to meet you as well, Sophie. Thank you for having me. That's a wrap on this episode of You Could Be a Therapist. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Until next time.